Hey, Catalyst Crew. Welcome to Catalyst Corner, Episode 7. It's Thursday, so we've got Jim F0123Art on with us today. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. How you doing, Jim? Doing good. How about you? Oh, you know, we're into another week. Yes. Another glorious set of adventures. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw a film. It's a film called The Deep House. So this was recommended to me by someone. The way that they sold it to me is that it was very much in the same vein as the A24 slow burn films. The, The gist of the film is... A couple go to are trying to grow their social media presence. They're going to abandoned sites. So they head to uh, France. There is this town that was flooded, but it turns out that it's a big tourist trap. And then, of course, your typical horror movie, the old guy's like, hey, I know a spot. They find a fully intact house, right? So there's scuba, and, and basically it becomes... A haunted house film underwater. Okay, good premise. I liked it because it was a bit of a slow burn, and there's this feeling of, and I find this with, with any type of films that take place underwater, that sense of claustrophobia that you get. And so those t- that tends to work really well for me. It did kind of burn out at the end. So it was very, very good, and then it almost just feels like they, they kind of ran out of, they, they didn't know where to go with it. See, I, I find that the majority of those type of slow burn movies always seem to end abruptly to me because I don't know, it, it, it's so long of a burn that when it ends, it almost feels like it shouldn't. And so I, I just don't know that there's ever a good solid ending to these movies just because they always seem to end abruptly. And it's like, oh, oh, that that's the end of it. Okay, now I've got to go back and digest everything that I just watched. I would say that The Witch is very effective in its kind of ending. But I still think that the ending was abrupt. Well, what do you want? You want them to fly away on the broomsticks and then you get to see the oven? Yeah. Why? Why? You got it. You got the... Look, you know what happened. At some point, she's got to go get her, her boiling pot. I want to see oh frog's legs yeah. and... Yeah, you just you wanted yeah you wanted to go to Hogwarts and have the whole thing. Okay. No, but but any of them, it just seems like like Hereditary, Midsummer. What, what do you want? It, it happened. The bad guys won in Hereditary. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying that it always seems like the ending just all of a sudden happens. Like we're 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 on the edge of our seat, and then all of a sudden the ending happens, and it's like oh, and now it ended. What about what about Saint Maud? St. Maud again, when it ended, I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, what, what am I watching here? But you get that, that, yes, she was crazy. And that's it. It's just, you know, a lot of, the reason I think these films are so powerful is it requires you to use your imagination. Right. And that's, but that's why I think the ending's always soft because you're, you're, telling so much story up until and then the end just you know you're you're trying to fill in so much of the blanks throughout the story and then the ending happens and it's like oh okay so yeah it's pretty much almost everything of all those type of movies right when the ending happens you kind of knew it at the beginning that the ending was going to happen 
but you watch the movie all the way through because maybe that's not the ending. And then the ending happened. It's like, oh yeah, that's the ending because it pretty much was told to you right at the beginning, this is going to be the ending. For me, to bring it back to this Deep House film, it was very interesting to see this all play out. It was very ethereal to watch them swim underwater and then have what happened happen. It's just that there there wasn't really, I don't know, a huge payoff, I guess. And then ultimately I was fine with the way that it ended, but it's just... It almost felt like they it, it was very strong, and then you know the real ending kind of fizzled, and then it finished. So I I'd still say give it a watch. Yeah, I'm I'm watching it, and I'm going. This must have cost them so much fucking money because they, it's a huge house, and I'm sure it's sets. Like I can't imagine they're they're down there filming shit. You know, it's got um it's got Mick Jagger's kid in it. No, that's interesting. I didn't even know he was an actor, to be Neither perfectly did honest. Neither did I. Well, I think those type of people can do whatever they want. Yeah. It wasn't, he wasn't bad. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. Definitely different. And I, I like that about horror, that we can get those kind of different films. Let me throw one recommendation and then we'll move on. Have you seen Underwater? I have not. So that one surprised the shit out of me. Really? Okay. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. As the words that's leave my now, mouth, I, I well am aware. well aware. That's now you're gonna have to really try to sell me on this, as you just said, Kristen Stewart. I I, I know, I know. So, so Kristen Stewart is our main. They are in an underwater base, very very deep underwater, and something happens to the base, and it starts to basically implode. So when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those. You know, they, it's it, underwater and space can be very similar. Yeah. Right. I was like, okay, so they're just trying to outrun the explosion and, you know, there's going to be the noble sack, blah, blah, blah. No, there's monsters. Oh. There's like underwater creatures. Really? In it. Oh, it it caught me. She's not. And she, she fights these creatures? They're running. So they're running away, okay. right? Like they're trying to get to the surface basically is, is the gist of it. But- she wasn't bad in it at all. She wasn't, she, she was, you know, you wanted, you were rooting for her, which caught me on. And again, generally she's pretty flat. Yeah. Well, rooting for her not to be eaten by these monsters is that, that must've been some decent acting then. Pretty, pretty solid supporting cast as well. It surprised me at how good it was and how much I liked it. I would even throw that one as another recommendation for an underwater water horror film. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not even familiar with it, but it's funny that, it, you know, you like it, and yet I have not heard any recognition. Well, have you heard of it? No, no. Let me see if I can pull a review score. Watch it not even be called Underwater. I'm just amazed that if there's a, mo- if there's a movie that people genuinely like Kristen Stewart in, that it wouldn't have gotten a little bit more fanfare. It doesn't, so here's the thing, is it, it, it only does about a 6 out of 10. Okay, well, still, for her... But for a horror film... For, yeah, horror in general doesn't score as high. To get a 6 out of 10 is not bad. No, not at all. It doesn't rate out very well on Rotten. It doesn't look like... I I, I, in, I enjoyed it, though. I really did. And it's it's not a hard R or anything. I think it's PG-13. It was just... I get very claustrophobic with that type of stuff. Um, and they really play up on that. Yeah, there's a sense of dread in it, I guess. TJ Miller's in it. 
Is there some comedy? Is it comedy with him in it? Or? So it almost, I would say it's it's very much akin to Alice in Wonderland. Okay. So he brings a lot of whimsy okay. to it. Um, and I don't want to do any spoilers. I want sure, to, sure. to kind of give it a, give it a watch. But there's there's definitely a a, a moment where it kind of shifts from that sort of tone to going deeper down into Wonderland. All right. right. Uh, it's got uh, Vincent Castle. Not familiar. Yeah, he's a friend. He was in Black Swan. He was, okay. Maybe I liked it more just because I was, I mean, the reveal at the end is awesome. And maybe just the fact that it was Kristen Stewart and I was just expecting a complete dumpster fire and it's not what I got. Yeah, well, that's a big plus. I'd give it a shot yeah. if you're into it. Yeah, definitely, that, definitely. That one, Deep Water, I, I, it's different. It's a different sort of uh, genre that we don't really get a lot of. They're both uh, intriguing. I'm going to have to check those out. So obviously yesterday, episode five of Kenobi dropped. All in all, very good episode. I thought it was uh, there were some very interesting reveals. It's not doing anything insane, but we are getting some really cool scenes. Obviously, Vader pulling the ship down was incredible. I, I really think that this Obi-Wan series is a Hayden Christensen... Christensen redemption. He's fantastic as Anakin now. He, he is, and and I think and I thought he was, and I I really had no problem with them then either. But I think that people did, and to each his own. But I think that the more and more that people have watched the prequels, I think that there's been more of appreciation, and you know, all of a sudden, people who shunned him wanted him back in droves, and and once they got it, I think that they are fully embracing it. The critics are the only ones that didn't like the prequels. I went to the theaters three or four times to see Phantom Menace. I was a kid, but but I was absolutely about them. They were great. So th that's part of it, is that I think that now that, you know, we've kind of grown up and have more of a voice in all of this, the fact that we're allowed to, to comfortably say, no, you're wrong, the prequels are good, is, is what's happening with that. Now, I think his acting is much better. One, he's a bit older. He's been doing it longer. And two, everyone is used to green screen now, which was not... That was cutting edge back then. So it was a lot harder to act in a green screen environment because people had never done it before. So some of that comes off. But I got to tell you, the, the highlights of this episode for me were the fact that it was wrapped around that training battle between... Obi-Wan and Anakin and just hearing them go back and forth with each other and talking and seeing the difference in their styles and even the clothing there's just so many so many you know moments that the nostalgia button is going off red alert there right. now again no music yeah that's problematic I'm I'm angry I'm actively angry at this you're not alone you're not alone it's 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 been the single biggest critique about this series to date is that the music is just not there. Here's my biggest problem, right? So originally when we discussed this, we talked about how John Williams was doing the uh, music. Yeah, well, that's what we were led to believe. From what I've, I've done a bit of research on this, and it seems like he maybe he wrote a new Obi-Wan theme or there never was one. I'm not sure. Yeah, it looks like he did one thing, not the entire score. So it looks like he wrote a theme, and then it was remixed by someone else. The composer of this score is a woman by the name of 
Natalie Ann Holt. So here's my here's my issue with it all. And this this wraps into Kathleen Kennedy. This does not belong to you. You don't you did not create Star Wars. Not at all. <laughs> not so, at all. Had so no part of it. Your role in all of this should be to take what is already made, take the foundations that were laid down and make them better. You were you were given one of the greatest Christmas presents somebody could ever give to somebody in the form of getting to oversee Star Wars. And instead of embracing that Christmas present as the greatest, one of the greatest gifts that someone can receive, you decided to say, that's a, that's a turd in a box and I'm going to do some, I'm going to turn it into something better. I don't know that she said it's a turd in the box, but I think the mentality is just that I... Well, she, I think she feels that way about some of the characters. I'm talking about Natalie here. No, not her. You have the entire episode. They're 45-minute episodes. There's plenty of time. And there's plenty the, of opportunity in there. The fact that Vader is marching towards a ship in this episode, he's marching towards a ship, and you're not playing the Imperial March. Yeah, I mean, again, that's... I played it for you. And it's, and it's chilling. It's chilling when you put the two together. How dare you? You have no business overseeing this product if you can't provide any fan service whatsoever. I mean, just, just by doing that ourselves made that impact 10 times greater than what we got. And you had the ability to do it and you decided not to. It's so frustrating because there are some beautiful scenes. There are some beautiful cinematography in this show, right? And I've heard some people complain. So the biggest complaint I heard about this, aside from the music, obviously, was that people were unhappy about the Reva Vader fight. Yeah, okay. He is literally the Sith. He is the one of the strongest beings in the universe. She's the third sister. And that's nothing against her character because I like her. But no one can go up against Vader except maybe Obi-Wan in his prime and then obviously Luke in his prime. Yoda in his prime, the Emperor in his prime. I mean, you have, there were, there, but there were probably five people overall that could probably go against Vader in their prime, but he's the only one now in his prime. And then when he was out of his prime and Luke was in his prime, Luke obviously had the advantage. On the second fight, he's not, straining himself at all and it comes across that way he's mad that that obi-wan got away as far as he's concerned she's outplayed her usefulness but here's here's my issue right you've got so the third sister is a brand new character not wasn't even a part of rebels when the inquisitors were were first seen this is a brand new character created solely for this um, show. So now, A, this Natalie Holt has the ability to create a theme for a character that didn't previously exist. So you have, you if you want to put your mark on Star Wars, Natalie Holt, you have the ability with a character that was going to be created solely for this show that you're doing the score for. And she's arguably a good character. Right. But the other part of that is 
she, she's a brand new character. Why would why this brand new character that we know nothing of? Are we mad that she can't fight Vader? Like this is Darth Vader. This is the strongest force in the universe. Why should this unknown character stand a chance? And why are we mad that she doesn't stand a chance? But that's one of the things that I think Fallen Order got right is that even though we spent 30 hours with Cal Kestis, who's arguably a great character, who I don't think we'll, we're going to see in this. I, I Well, the only nod that you got on that was that it took the the scene underwater was ripped straight out of Fallen Order. I think they did a great job with it. You play as Cal Kestis the entire game. You beat the final boss, who's an Inquisitor, mm -hmm. and then Vader shows up. Right. And the objective is run. Because it doesn't matter if he's the main character of this game. Vader is an immovable force. And he shows that when he's fighting the third sister. He does not even take his own lightsaber out. He doesn't have to. Do you think back to episode three when you had the fight of Obi-Wan and Anakin, right? And, and ultimately, Obi-Wan got the upper hand. We all know how the story goes, but... If Obi-Wan was in his prime then and he and it took every ounce that he had to defeat Anakin and now Anakin is arguably much stronger than he was then, why would this no-name character be able to better what Obi-Wan was able to do? She's not even going to be as good as Anakin was during that fight on Mustafar. So I'm not sure what the, the, the vitriol to this character is. She shouldn't be anywhere in the same league as Vader, and she's not. People just want to see. So here's the thing is we got an awesome fight scene in this. We got, we got Obi-Wan versus Anakin in the training, and it was, it was wrapped around the entire episode. And even there, we get to see the downfall. We get to see the fact that Anakin is so, he says it right in the show. You're so eager to prove yourself. You're so eager for victory that it's your undoing. Right. And it's true because it's true. It, it was true on Mustafar. It was true in this episode. So we got an awesome lightsaber. The, the choreography in that scene was amazing. You had the bat, the cityscape backdrop and they're fighting. It was amazing. But that's not what people want. They want to see Vader, red lightsaber, versus Obi-Wan. I don't know that you're going to get that. And you shouldn't. I don't think, I don't think you, you should, should either. No, you shouldn't. Look, they had that They had that initial confrontation. Vader stopped him because he realized not a threat to him. Vader is far more powerful. Vader is what he wanted to be. He wanted to be the most powerful and that fight proved he is to himself. There are some incredible... If this show has done nothing else, it has finally, for me, given me what I've always asked for, and it's more of Vader being Vader. I love the scene, and again, shame on Natalie Holt, but I love the scene where he's walking towards Obi-Wan in Episode 3 and just killing people. I love when he grabs the ship and rips it out of the sky and rips it to shreds. That's Vader. This is this is a man, I'll say, with no remorse for 
anything. I don't know if you noticed this. In episode four, there is a moment where Obi-Wan connects with Vader because they're, they're really hammering in on that force connection where you see just for a split second Anakin. It, there's remorse. There's sadness in his eyes. And then it cuts right back to, you know, he snaps. It's well, it's think, a microsecond. What I think that Anakin did not completely lose his humanity. No. And I think that's what happened is every once in a while he has a brief... When when he first laid eyes on Ahsoka in Rebels, right. same thing, you know, until the fact that he fought her to, he thought, well, we all thought he killed her. It's, he has a slight second of humanity, just like he did with Luke. Just, he, he, it, it comes on for a second because Anakin is still, he's still part of a person, so it's still there. It just, it doesn't, it's a brief fleeting thing. He'll, he, it, it comes on. He'll have a second of it, and then he'll go back to being just absolute brutality. But I think that highlights really the tragedy of it all. It's just a shame because this show is relatively good, and I think what's holding it back from being great is the fact that you are actively denying us the music. And now, having done the research and seeing that, one, John Williams is not the composer, and two, I don't understand... To deny the fans the themes of the characters that we care about. There is no Leia theme. You haven't heard the Leia theme once. You never heard Twin Sons. You never heard Duel of the Fates. And you never heard the Imperial March. Right. It's it's like watching professional wrestling. And if a wrestler come, you know, has an iconic theme, you know, I'll take a Stone Cold Steve Austin. When the Shattered Glass... All the place erupts. If he just walks out and there's no theme, people are going to be like, "What? What? what what's happening? What's going on?" Like they, they people assign an emotion. There's an emotional tie to the music. Yeah, absolutely, it goes hand in hand. It's like a smell. Smells can bring you back in time. First of all, I think we need to look at her as a composer. Either this is an act of 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 a malicious nature, which with Kathleen Kennedy, I would not put it past her. If that's not the case, then you're a terrible composer. Which piece of shit are you? Are you the piece of shit composer or are you the piece of shit saboteur? Right. Are you a self-aware piece of shit or not? And and that's not to shit on her other work. I don't think that this in and of itself is, a, is an overtly bad score. It's just that actively denying us, when you first introduced Leia, you should have played Leia's theme. How dare you? How, how fucking dare you? When, when Luke is flying... On top of the... You have the ability to put your own mark on it in other air. What would it be in the grand scheme of the entire six episodes? You might have to give up, what, 10 minutes of music time to for already established music, and you get the rest to do your own? I just don't know what the point of it is, because you're not going to rewrite Vader's theme. Like, him sitting in the tank and you playing that ominous house music doesn't rewrite his theme and it's not going to be used going forward so you're not you're not rewriting the theme or creating something new i'm very puzzled by by all of this i guess feloni and favreau don't have as much of a grip on it as i originally had hoped i don't know that i would hire natalie holt again because i think that you were gift wrapped like anything you did with this show is going to be well received because it's Obi-Wan. Yeah, right. And you're gift wrapped this and you actively choose, you're actively making it worse. Right. 
and it's the thing. It's the lack of the music that people know and love and are assigned to characters already that are iconic. Not No one gives a shit about the other music that she's playing. No one's saying, oh, her mu-. No, it's not that her music sucks. It's that there is certain music that needs to happen at certain times, and you've actively denied us the iconic music to make iconic scenes that will last forever. And now you've taken that away by giving us generic Disney house music. Very frustrating. Let's move on from this, though, because I can feel the vein in my forehead. <laughs> Let's switch over and talk a bit about superheroes, comics, things of that. Yeah, we had a we had a big loss today with uh, Tim Sale uh, passing. He was only 66 years old. The, uh, the long Halloween is... Batman, of course, is is going to be probably what he's going to be best remembered for. One of the best stories that has been created. So he did the art on that. Was he sick? He's kind of rushed to the hospital. A few days later, he died. So I, I'm assuming there's probably an illness attached that hasn't been revealed as of yet. You know, being at that age, I have to assume that that's the case. But, you know, it, it in, in a month, well, basically a little over a month or whatever. We've lost some, you know, three really big legends in the comic book community. Yeah, and Yeah, DC has been hit pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, those are, those all three of them are, are DC, you know, yeah. big, big shots. And I know they've done other work, but I mean, you know, obviously George Perez with Wonder Woman and then you had Neil Adams really molding Batman what he is. Yeah. And now obviously Tim with, I would argue the Long Halloween being one of those pillars of a Batman story. You know, you have Killing Joke, obviously, right? Long Halloween's another huge one. Death in the Family. Hush. Those are the quintessential Batman books that if you're ever going to want to get into reading Batman, those are the ones that you would look to first. I really liked Hush. Hush was one of my favorite stories. I'm glad that got made into a You know, I really think the animation, DC's animation is on point. What's so frustrating about DC is their animation is completely on point. Their TV series are hit and miss, and their movies have been a little bit more miss than hit. They they very rarely miss the animated. Well, they lean into the fact that it. I don't think there's one out there that is truly for you know kid like little kids. Maybe you argue that it's you know TV fourteen and up. I mean, you go with the Teen Titans Go. If you want little kids, Teen Titans Go is for them. Sure, but even even the humor in that is very funny. But the thing is that the the adult humor will go over their heads. But I'm saying hush was an adult film. Long Halloween was an adult film. Yep, Killing Joke. Adult. Although I will say I did not like the exposition at the beginning. That was incredibly unnecessary. You, I, I would much rather have a 45-minute or 50-minute episode than making it an hour and 20 and then having Batman fuck Batgirl. Yeah. What? Ridic- what? Ridiculously dumb. Especially to me when her and and Dick Grayson are the couples. No matter what happens, they always find their way back to each other. They're they're always going to be that couple. And and to 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 do that to Nightwing while he's in the show just completely disrespectful. Really was, yeah. and, and it's disappointing because it's one of the last times that we had Conroy and Hamill together. So that's kind of, although I will say, if you cut that part of it out, it works fine. 
Yeah, cut that part out. It's almost it's almost exactly like the comic. Thought that was really good. Wanted to tell you, did you know that they just released a Catwoman movie? I have not seen it, but I saw that they the so the movie on on demand. I watched three quarters of it. Oh, you okay? The art style is very good, but the only thing I don't like is that it's clearly trying to focus on Catwoman. I don't like that they t when they talk about Batman, it's almost like he's a deity. It's almost like he's this mythical figure. There's this line in it where Batwoman said, calls her Cat. He goes, don't call me Cat. Only he can call me. And it's like, Jesus Christ. He's not a mystical figure. Yeah. Oh, and then everyone's like, oh, they're going to show Batman. Because that's what it does, right. is it takes away from the story they're trying to tell. Because as soon as you refer to him like that, then I'm sitting there going like, oh, shit, is, are, are they going to show Batman? Yeah. You don't need to do that. No, he's he's just a dude. He he is just a dude, and you know what? It he doesn't need to be in it. He does at all. We know he exists in this world. Right, right. Now, did you see the article that they're making an Aztec Batman? No. Did you see Batman Ninja? Yes. What'd you think? Decent for what it was. Something different. Same vibe that I'm gonna get from this. I'm a hundred percent on board with these weird stories because you get these interesting art styles and our characters getting redesigned in a way that you wouldn't normally get to see them. I don't I don't mind. If you're gonna tell me just a an Elseworld and I don't even care who the character is, if you're gonna tell me an Elseworld story could be Superman, could be Wonder Woman, could be the Flash, I don't care who it is. But if you give me an Elseworld story that's something completely different, that has no continuity to it, just a, just a, a self-contained story that is entertaining. I love those tales. Gotham by Gaslight. When Joker came out, the movie, right? It's an Elseworld self-contained story that that has no basis from a comic. And I'm totally cool with those type of stories. They're some of the best. Because you're not beholden to the laws of, of, of World 1. Now, let me say this. I think, personally, the DCEU is in flames. Heading in that way. Doused in gasoline. Yeah. Because, one, we talked about this last episode about them making a sequel for the Joker. And I outlined what I thought could work. And now this week we find out, and I don't know how much truth there is to any of this, but if... If they truly make it a musical, they are out of their minds. If this is all just a crazy dude telling stories, locked up in an asylum telling stories, and he's telling you a musical that he's having in his head, and at the end of it, that's the reveal. The oh, you think it's all in his head with the musical? Yeah, all right. Harleen is really just the psychiatrist, but in his head, she she's part of it. Right, exactly. Like if you do that, I'm then I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah. You may have just you may have just reeled me right. back in because on you that. can do, because you can tell that story. Can you imagine? I would love to see it cut in and out. He's just in Arkham, just a terrible place. And his way of disassociating is he's turning it into a musical. Or he's sitting there, and what if he has Harley as the psychiatrist? They're in a room, and he's just zoning out. She's she's doing her psychotherapy. He's just zoning out, and all of us, and and he's just all of a sudden, it's a friggin' music. It breaks into a mute. That to me would be great phenomenal yeah that's how you continue it on that's how you keep the level of insanity it almost makes it lighter though right 
It it would. Which is okay. It doesn't have to be. Well, I think that he's still going to be killing people. He's just going to be doing it to music and singing while doing it. That would be so insane that it would work. Oh, that's going to be so crazy. You, I got to tell you, you just 180'd me on the idea of that. I think it, it could work if you do it in that way. And at the at the very end, he snaps out of his and he's just goes back to his cell and he's just that's it. You know, his session's over. Session's over. Back to your cell. That's even better. I, I love the idea of him continuing to be an unreliable narrator. And as a result, we just get a batshit musical. Yeah. Yeah, it's just in his head. It's not really happening. It's he's he's zoned out. It's in his head. Maybe he's, you know, medication, whatever the case might be. Oh. But everything that go that but these movies are all this is a crazy guy who's thinking shit in his head. None of it's real. But like I said on the last episode, oh, it's Saint Maud. Right. But if his story then creates the real Joker in the the DCEU Prime, then that's how you tie it all together. I'm on board with that 100%. I think that could be incredibly interesting. So I take that one back because I was really anti-musical, but I've come around to it now. Well, how how else can you how else do you even sell it? There's literally no other way. Has DC given you any reason to believe it's not going to be something completely different that doesn't make sense at all and it, it just sucks no because i gotta be honest with you the fact that after the johnny depp trial they gave amber heard more time can you imagine the balls Whose fucking idea was that? Yeah, but now, today, it's saying that she's going to be cut out completely and recast. So, I don't know which one's true. I have no idea. I think, honestly, people, when when it came out that they extended her scenes, right? So, this could just be them doing A-B testing. So, when it came out that they extended her scenes, there was outrage. And it, it's merited. You can you fired Johnny Depp on a on a rumor. She has been proven guilty, and and not only that, did you see the fucking interview that she gave? What a, what a what a fucking narcissist! How dare she still and she's acting her way through the interview, and this and, and the woman is saying to her, no one believes you. She needs to go away. And you know that I don't advocate for cancel culture. The fact that she couldn't just take the L, that she had to get on TV and continue to argue her case, she should be canceled. She is so out of touch with reality. I think that the the new head of Warner Discovery, David Zaslov, really needs to put the hammer down now. Everyone needs to, no, she needs to be ostracized from Hollywood, not just, not just in Warner Brothers. I agree, but my point is that we can't have one week, She her scenes have been, increased and then the next week no she's been cut out completely and we're going to recast this guy needs to come out and and tell us we're we're fans we're fans we want this to succeed at the level of marvel right but the reason i say dc is in flames is because now you have this shit coming out about ezra miller which is just batshit insane not only did they groom a child okay which i don't care 
what camp you fall into. I don't care if you are a champion of the LGBTQIA plus community. You are not allowed to do that to children. He, they should be canceled, period. They are done. You are done. Ezra. You can't put out tweets like they can't come and find me. Not even tweets. They are done because you groomed a child. That needs to be a hard line for us as a society. And then the fact that they are putting those tweets out. So you ran away with an 18-year-old kid. I'm going to say kid. Right. And that's scary. And now they can't find you and you're taunting them and then you shut your social media down. Either they're going to end up terrifying or... What? They're going to get arrested? I don't even know how this ends at this point, but this person, these are these are cases where cancel culture needs to kick in. Okay? You don't cancel people for tweets that were made 10 years ago. You cancel people for lying about sexual and physical abuse. You cancel people for grooming children. Right. And, and being, you know, someone that con- consistently gets into physical altercation. You cancel Amber Heard. You cancel Ezra Miller. You cancel Kevin Spacey. That's who you cancel, okay? Those type of people need to be canceled. They're not going to cancel the Flash movie because they say it's one of the best movies in DC is produced. But now the problem becomes... You couldn't have Ezra Miller on the red carpet. You can't have him going on talk shows or they going on talk shows to promote this movie. There's no reliability factor. So now you're going to have to allow the movie to come out. You're going to have to to eat that. Goes back to what I was just saying about David Zaslav taking full control and, and putting his foot down. He has got to make sure the hiring process is far better going forward than what he's than what he's current or or what was currently done before him, because let me put it to you this way, um, you know Walter Hamada was the head of of Warner overseeing these DC movies. Oh, he's not that bad, you know. Look at the Joker did this, and you know he was against the Joker movie. It was forced upon him, so the that movie. He gets zero credit for. No, Hamada departing is not a bad thing. No, but you need to have people come in that actually give a fuck about DC product. I agree. And, and the other thing that I think we all as a society need to get comfortable with is this. The LGBTQIA plus movement is very important. Very important. The Me Too movement is very important. Absolutely. But we also need to be able to say to each other, that there are, unfortunately, people that are going to use these very important movements as a way to get away with horrendous things. Amber Heard is not part of the Me Too movement, but she used it to further her ambition. Ezra Miller may be part of the LGBTQIA community, but maybe they're just doing this. But the thing is, if you want, if you want to be accepted... 100% in any of these movements and and I and I'm all for accepting they're important movements but you also have to pay the consequences I think if it comes out that you were li- like Ezra Miller or Amber Heard have taken these movements and only used them as a shield to hide b- behind when they do shitty things the movement should be outraged the movement should be the 
first in line to throw them to the wolves. But I will say there was an open letter from victims of sexual and physical abuse to Amber Heard saying, you are not one of us. So people are now I'm hoping the LGBTQIA plus community is going to come out against Ezra Miller. I would hope so, because, again, they there's nobody that should be comfortable with what they did. No. And and that's the thing is that I think the only way that we can continue to kind of find this sort of unity is that we can look at each other and say there are there are shitty people everywhere. And that's who we should be targeting and canceling. Not not because you you love a man or a woman or you're gender fluid or you're trans. None of that. I I don't think there's anything wrong with any of that. Love is love. Be who you want to be. But if you're a shitty person who's using a movement that's so important to hide and and, and use it as a shield, we need to be able to together, unified, take these people and and ostracize them. Too many people, when the the Harvey Weinstein thing hit, and that's another piece of shit who deserves everything that he's currently receiving, too many people came out and wanted to capitalize on his going down. And a lot of those people that came forward, quickly they vanished again because it was unfounded. What it does, it, and we've talked about this, is that you're hurting the movement. You're, you're, you are trying to use it to either garner fame or reclaim fame or possibly make money, and it's hurting the true people that need it. Before we wrap this up, I don't think that it hurts the movement. I think the movements are too important that any one individual could could ever hope to hurt it. True, true. But I think we need to, together, be able to say with each other that we are in full support of Me Too, we're in full support of LGBTQIA+. I want the... I want people from all walks of life to interact together because that's the only way that things are going to be great but i need to let me say amber heard is a piece of shit we should ostracize her she's a liar ezra miller is a piece of shit we should ostracize them they're a liar right and but you know that's the thing right we harvey weinstein is a piece of shit we should ostracize him but we have so why 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 is it that we have him, but not the others? I think what needs to happen is I think allies of these movements need to make it clear that we are allies to you. There are sharks everywhere, and our goal it should not be to stem any of these movements. Our goal should be to ostracize the sharks. That way we can fully embrace the movement and the people that are important to those movements and get rid of these type of people that not hurt the movement, but make a bad, they they make a bad name for it. Not that it's going to do overall harm. Well, what it does is it allows people that are against the movement to use it as as a way to try to weaken it. So so as someone that considers themselves an ally, this is me saying, look, we need to unite and find a way to ostracize the people that are shitty out of any movement. So I think if I'm Warner Brothers, the decent and right thing to do is to remove Amber Heard and 
even if you have to go through with the Flash movie, if if it was up to me, if you put me in charge tomorrow, they're gone. We'll find someone else. We'll do reshoots of their part. It'll cost some money. It doesn't matter. You don't groom a child. Yeah. Or you just cancel the movie altogether. Maybe you just take... Take the L. Yeah, I mean, you might have to at this point. It's just, I don't know. I, I hope DC's not in flames, but it is absolutely covered in gasoline, and I'm very concerned about it. I know The Rock is trying desperately to try to resurrect it, and he wants to be the guy to lead that charge. And, you know, he'd be the, the a, a good choice to lead the charge, but... Yeah, right now, DC is in the worst shape it's ever been in. It needs to fix itself from within. All right, so we'll put this one to bed. As always, Jim, thanks for coming on. Uh, Give us a little bit. Tell us what you're up to. Just uh, still finishing up my creator-owned horror comic. Uh, Just trying to get that done and out to everybody. So still shooting for uh, July to get everybody to take a look at All right, thanks again for coming on tonight. Thank you. All right, guys, so that's uh, episode seven of Catalyst Corner. As always, we appreciate you guys showing up and being part of the community. Um, You can catch us on catalystcrafting.com. We are on all social platforms as well. If you're interested in any of Jim's artwork, uh, you can go to our collaborator section and link to his social. He's JimF0123Art on all of the social media as well. Or you can buy any of his limited edition art prints on our Etsy shop by searching Catalyst Creations NA. All right, crew. I'll catch you on the next one.